Welcome to the Bible Answer Show, a live and lively forum that brings together pastoral and apologetic voices from across the Christian community to answer your scripture questions. Our show is hosted by Pastor Michael Lance of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, along with a panel of pastors and other invited guests. The phone lines are open now. So, you've got questions, we've got answers on today's Bible Answer Show. Good afternoon, you've tuned into the Bible Answer Show. We're here on a Friday, it's a Facebook Friday, and we are <laughs> live and on the air taking your calls at 1-800-227-5278. 1-800-227-5278. Wow. Uh, we're live in the studio. Guys, how are you feeling? I'm feeling great. It's a weekend. <laughs> you know, we're heading into the new year. It's been a been a great week guys i'm excited to be here i don't know about you hey if you got a question about the bible if you got a question about the christian life if you got a question like rob newton had trying to stump the bible answer Ooh. show <laughs> you can bring that too because we got all your answers here you got questions we got answers right here at the bible answer show uh all right i'm out I'm boy if you are not on wow. facebook live right now you are missing out <laughs> because you're kind of scaring us yeah i know so. i had to dial it back a little bit guys I you know I was, I was having a bad day but now after that well, man i am pumped feeling good feeling It'd be good. a good day Did what kind know? of coffee are you drinking <laughs> i might want to switch it i up. had one of those almond joy on the way in. <laughs> my name is mike Massar. i'll be picking up your calls here at the bible answer show and be handing them off to our group of super pastors and apologetic masters here starting out on my left Pastor Brian Richards. Straight ahead, Mr. Joe Kelly. Good and afternoon. To my right, Senior Pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship here in Corona, California, Pastor Michael Lance. All right, guys. Hey, so go to Facebook, uh, search Bible, the Bible Answer Show, and we are live on Facebook. And Cameron Thomas is behind the camera. He just gave a big thumbs up. Go to Facebook right now. You can also submit questions through Facebook. And we'd love to interact with your question, but uh, we are live, so go there right now. Hey, did you guys notice something? All week long, Mike comes in all disheveled. He comes in today, he's looking crisp. His wife tells him on the way out the door, don't forget to put gel in your hair, Mike. Well, he, he actually has a, a shirt that has a, buttons today. Buttons shirt. As I'm not wearing to like a holy t-shirt. My so. holy uh, tab t-shirt. All right, guys. Uh, we got a couple callers. Wow. wow We've that. also got Facebook Live question already. Did you already, say so. holy tab or did you say holy dab? Because I, <laughs> I would love to see some holy dabbing <laughs> right. at some point. Yeah. Okay. Well, I we work, better get I to work the calls. with students too much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the youth pastor, Brian Richards. All right. We're going to go to uh, Art in Torrance. You are on with the Bible Answer Show. Hi, good morning, gentlemen. Thank you so much for taking my call again. My question today is this, is, you know, let's see, we've been, I've been meeting with so many so-called Christians, and my discovery is that all of the Christians, when we sit down, because probably the denomination or the doctrines are different, boy, we're so far away from one another. All of a sudden we get into a situation where we sometimes argue about, no, this is what I believe, not believe. And it seems to be, I kept the number in, over, over the 30,000 of different kind of interpretation, you know, of Christendom we are following. What do you think about, how do we can reconcile with this? Because even though we are Christians, but that the doctrines are, you know, sure. uh, I have some kind of idea the reason why, because when people start guessing what it means in the Bible and believe that, that becomes their doctrine. Yeah. And then that's obviously they believe in, but but it's obviously wrong. I always have a feeling when I don't, you know, when I don't understand it. Okay, Art, yeah, we, well, we got you. Pas it. 
First of all, Happy New Year, Art, and thanks for calling. Pa- Pastor Brian's going to respond. Yeah, Art, excellent question. And we get this question a lot. You know, as as believers, why do we see so much division? Why do we have all these different denominations? You know, why do we disagree on so many things? And I think a good place to start is, well, what do we agree on? You know, what what makes us a Christian? And we determine that by looking at what is black and white, crystal clear in Scripture that even a child can understand. And there's probably at least 10 major doctrines that make up the gospel. And that's, that's how you become a Christian, right? Is by putting your faith and trust in the gospel of Jesus. And there's about 10 doctrines that make up the, go- the gospel itself. You have the, the virgin birth, um, one God in three persons. Um, you have Christ living a, a sinless and perfect life. You sure a child can understand the one God in three persons? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, you just tell them that and they, yeah, and they just, they just uh, believe whatever you tell them. So uh, <laughs> I have small children. Um, you know, so you have about 10 of those and those, those are so easy to understand in Scripture. But then there are other parts of Scripture that aren't so easy to understand. Like, how should a, how does, how should a church government be run? Should it be elder-run, uh, run by just the senior pastor, um, or run by the congregation at some point? What kind of worship music should you have? Should, should it be celebratory? Should it be reflective? Um, you can look at so many different, what we would call minor doctrines or non-essential doctrines. And what that means is these are doctrines that don't determine whether you're a Christian or not, uh, but they're just things within Scripture where, you know, God is perfect, Scripture is perfect, but our interpretation of it sometimes isn't because we're not God. We don't have the full understanding that He has. And so on those non-essentials, they're supposed to be diversity. We can agree to disagree. We can have different opinions on, but on the essentials, what make up the gospel, those are what we agree on. That's what makes us the church. And so we have to be careful not to divide over non-essentials, which happens so Mm -hmm. often in the church. And Joe, wouldn't you agree, and Brian, that's well said, uh, wouldn't you agree that ultimately it comes down to the nature of God and the nature of salvation? Mm-hmm. So we could put it simply, uh, and this is something Professor Hawkins drilled in my head as I was at Simon Greenleaf, is we have to know uh, who God is and how we're saved, simply put. And uh, if we know the right God, and you can be wrong enough, Brian, you know, because we talk about cults and other movements, and we have a call waiting about Buddhism right now. So if you have a sincere belief, but it's in the wrong God, uh, a God with a small g, for example, then you can be wrong enough, as Walter Martin used to put it, to lose your own soul. Mm. And so that's where, you know, if you're sitting in a Bible study art uh, with uh, people from different denominations, you know, we can agree to disagree on non-essential stuff, but we better have the essentials correct. And that... You know, uh, ultimately, we come to the God of the Bible for salvation. He's the one that grants salvation. So just, you know, to cut through all the stuff, and we encourage you to study hard, but in the end, here's what it is. You have to have the right God. You have to know the the, the right God by nature and the nature of salvation. How, who is God and how do you get saved? Yeah, I agree with you, both of you pastors. Uh, very good. I think, as Jude said, we... We contend earnestly for the faith. We contend for the essentials and everything else. We need to be charitable. Mm. So, yeah, I agree. It's, it's the nature of God 
uh, his triune nature, and it's the work of Christ. And there are charity chapters, Romans 14, 1 Corinthians 10, other places where the Bible says, you know what? Uh, when it comes to if a, per, a person puts it one day above another or chooses to eat this way and you don't, those things are secondary. Don't, don't stumble each other and don't judge each other over those things. Um, Augustine said it best regarding this issue. In essentials, there's to be unity. In non-essentials, diversity. But in all things, charity. Amen. All right. You're listening to the Bible Answer Show. The number here is 1-800-227-5278. Or you can catch us on Facebook Live today for Facebook Friday. Just go to facebook.com slash the Bible Answer Show. Not the Bible Answer Show, just facebook.com slash Bible Answer Show, not the... All right, just Bible so, Answer yeah. Show. Uh, speaking of Cameron over here, off mic, he's got a question from Facebook Live. What's that, Cameron? Yeah, and uh, Brian's really popular on this right now. You've got uh, Landon Orr says, Brian the man. <laughs> Dominica Verrett says, Brian is the man. You're, you're pretty popular over here, man. <laughs> I got a couple of friends. <laughs> yeah, I guess Camping so. Camping your hat, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, the question we had posed on Facebook Live was, is it possible that Lazarus was the beloved disciple? Oh, okay. Well, uh, you know, I think uh, most scholars would say that John is the beloved disciple. We even have a guy in the church that calls himself John the Beloved. <laughs> and uh, the one Jesus loves, the one who used to lean upon his, uh, his chest. Um, whether or not Lazarus would be the beloved disciple, here, here's another way to look at this. You know, Jesus loved everybody he was around, you know, the 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 people who were in this these relationships with him, uh, he loved Lazarus. He loved Mary and Martha. So I think you could say he was a beloved disciple. I don't think he may have been the beloved disciple, but he was loved by Jesus. We know that for sure. Yeah, in John 11, I, um, when Jesus weeps over Lazarus' death, the crowd says, man, how much Jesus loved mm -hmm. Lazarus. I mean, they, they definitely had a deep friendship, but it was John, the apostle, who, who self-coined the term. He, he called himself the, the he beloved did. disciple. But that was because uh, him, Peter, and James, so James, John, and Peter, they, had a, they got to experience things that even the other nine disciples did not get to experience, some very special stuff. So they were very close to Jesus. But uh, Pastor Michael, aren't we all uh, don't we all enter into the beloved when we put our faith in Jesus? We enter into His family, and He looks at us sure. um, as His. Well, we are we are the beloved of God, and yeah. that's what some of the epistles talk about. Uh, some scriptures to help with this one. So, uh, Jesus loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus. That's John eleven five. But the one whom Jesus loved is mentioned, and we believe that's John in John thirteen twenty three, John twenty verse two. John 21, verse 7, and John 21, 20, I think is pretty clear that uh, the disciple whom Jesus loves is John. But uh, again, I, I think an encouragement for all of us is that God so loved the world and God loves his church. And, you know, as much as we talk, you know, these, this show is about apologetics and it's about truth. Isn't it awesome to know how much God demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ mm -hmm died for us. Okay. So, Cameron, something's bubbling. Uh, yeah, Dominic says it's definitely not the hat, Brian. 
<laughs> he's, a Do- he's a Dodgers fan. Way to go, Dominic. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, guys. We had a caller, uh, Martha, and Martha was calling from Pasadena, but she was driving, and she we kept losing her call. So she pulled over. Anyway, her question was, and, and you, you saw it up on the board earlier, she wanted some advice for her sister, who uh, I guess is a Buddhist, and wants to know how she can, um, I guess... Uh, Tell her about Christ or the difference sure. between Buddha and Christ and how that goes? Well, you know, um, when you look at Eastern religions, Mike, and you look at people that are in them, there's a lot of um, different forms of Eastern religions, but they kind of all have the same belief system. And they're rooted in, in, they're re- rooted in reincarnation. So the idea is that you live over and over and over again until you get it right kind of thing. Uh, there's a striving for a place of enlightenment. Interestingly enough, right now there's an expose on uh, the A&E channel about Scientology. And Leah Remini, who's a former, former Scientologist, and she was on the King of Queens and so forth, um, came out of Scientology. And Scientology teaches that you've lived perhaps billions of lives, and you try to get to a state of clear. Uh, it's almost synonymous with the place of enlightenment. So it's all about man striving through his good works. And so here's one of the important things, and this goes back to what Brian was clarifying at the beginning of the program, is when you talk about essential doctrine. So the one of the essentials of the historic Christian faith is we're saved by grace through faith uh, as a gift, and it's not by works. And so... Uh, when you look at world religions, Joe, I know you spend a lot of time interacting with people on these kinds of subjects. The understanding of what grace really means, and even Christians struggle with the concept. But when you're talking to someone in an Eastern religion, basically they're trying to get to a place where they can finally uh, be enlightened. And then in Buddhism, Joe, isn't it that you just basically merge back into a almost like a... You do. In, in Buddhism, there's it's not a theistic religion. Right. It's actually, uh, they reject any type of uh, deity in that way. Guys, we got Martha so, back on the, on hold here if you want to get her question. Yeah, uh, she's got some backstory. Okay. Uh, Martha, you're on with the Bible Answer Show. Hello. Good morning. Hi, Martha. Okay. I have one sister a year younger and two sisters 10 and 11 years younger. And this is the one that's 10 years younger, and she's distanced herself from the family. And I'm trying to keep the family together, and she's art, she's very artistic, and she sells a lot of art. She's really good, but she just wants to be with her friends and not her family. And she said she doesn't want to hear about God or Jesus. She doesn't. She told me she hates the cross, and she wouldn't tell me why. And she has Buddha in her house. That's you. And um, she told me Buddha is still alive uh, in heaven. And okay. I want to know how to get her into believing about God and Jesus. I don't know how to talk to her. You know, Martha, it's, this Pastor Michael, it's interesting that she expresses disgust about the cross, and she's not the only one. Um, you know, the cross is an offensive idea to a lot of people. And, uh, you know, because what the cross says is that you're in, you're in so much trouble <laughs> without the death of Jesus Christ. Your sin is worse than you think it is. 
and it's going to condemn you. And the beauty of the cross is that Jesus Christ is dying for your sin and taking God's wrath at the cross. But there's a lot of people, they don't want to hear about the cross because the cross means you can't do it by yourself. You need the intervention of Jesus Christ. And and people have a tough time believing that the, you know, that God came down in the person of Christ and died on the cross. So uh, Joe, go ahead. You were, you were talking a little bit more about Buddhism, but what do you think would be a good strategy for Martha? Well, I'm, I'm not so sure uh, Martha, your sister, is actually Buddhist. I think she just likes the idea. You know, a lot of people... See, what happens is in our fallen state, uh, everybody has a God. Your sister has a God, and she's fashioned it in her own mind, and her God is going to be completely complementary to her lifestyle. And for me, I like to ask a lot of questions, and, and questions get to the root of the issue. And so if you're willing to do that and you ask her questions, you know, you want to ask her things like, um, is she interested in believing truth or simply things that make her feel good? So I would begin there, and if she's interested in truth, you know, then th that gives you a path, you know, because as Pastor Michael said, you know, Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 that the word of the cross is folly. So until people realize they're in a state of sin and rebellion against the one holy God, there's going to be no repentance. So ultimately, Joe, that's Joe, where she wants to get. Yeah, and Joe, uh, the word there, scandalizos, they're scandalized by the cross. Right. And so I, I think we trust in the power of God's word when we're sharing the gospel. Romans 1.16 says the gospel is the power of God. So we trust the power of the gospel, the good news of the gospel. And even if she you know, uh, is, doesn't want to hear it or whatever, if you can plant some seeds, ultimately when someone sees the cross for what it is, I think that they can come to a realization of God's great love for them. So uh, Martha, I agree. I, it sounds like she's, you know, for some people, this is kind of the in thing. Like we even heard when the Star Wars movies came out, wasn't, uh, who, who's the guy that did Star Wars? Lucas. Didn't he claim George to be a Christian Buddhist? Something or like something that. like that. So people love this idea of you know a smorgasbord religion. I'll take a little bit of this and a little little bit of that. But look, Jesus said, "I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Sanctify them in the truth. Thy word is truth." So we would just encourage you to you know, and of course, prayer. Uh, pray for her that the Lord will get her attention, that she'll see her need for Christ. Because there's a lot of people that are you know running to other movements and religions and and often they make a god in their own image worship it and think they're going to be okay. Well it's such a it's such a nice idea. When we you know when we realize that Christianity is the only message that says we fall short and and need a perfect savior who can intervene and be the mediator on our behalf. All other philosophies, systems, religions, pathways, etc are works based. So how easy is it to attain, a, to attain the goal when we get to set the rules? So if we set the rules and we're going to live our lives how we think, which is, oh, I'm going to be nice to my neighbor and I'm going to do good things. Therefore, I get to experience this ever enlightening path where ultimately I get to nirvana. Where I'm and, and before you respond, Brian, uh, key verse, Hebrews 9.27 about reincarnation. It's not about reincarnation, but it... it debunks it. It's appointed unto a man to die once, once, and after this comes the judgment. That means you're going to live beyond your death. It's appointed unto a man to die once, and after that 
comes the judgment. Here's the other thing. There's people in all these systems, Joe, that they say, the universe is going to do this. So if I just throw up good things into the universe, then the universe will, you know, I'll, I'll come back as this, maybe a higher life form or maybe somebody more popular. Well, I, I was going to, I was going to bring that up. Um, this universe, this power, how, you know, how do they know yeah. Is there a that would take a mind that would take a mind that can evaluate and rationally yeah. make a decision? Yet they reject that in the first place. Right, go ahead, Brian. I just want to encourage Martha to visit the website alwaysbeready.com. It's uh, put together by a friend of ours, a friend of the church, Charles Cam uh, Charlie Campbell. And uh, there's a section there on Buddhism. I'm looking at it right now. He's got three articles. Uh, how Christ is superior to Buddha, 22 important questions for the Buddhistic worldview, etc. And that's a great resource, Martha, to look at. It's funny. I was going to suggest the same thing. Charlie give, Campbell, give, I had written Give it, it one more time, the website. Alwaysbeready.com. Always 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 God bless be you, ready. Martha. Com. All right. We got uh, two more questions in about, uh, about two minutes each for these guys. <laughs> so, uh, Michael in Inglewood, thanks for holding. You're on with the Bible Answer Show. Yes, I'll try to make this quick. It's a two-part question. Uh, the angel of the Lord mentioned in the Old Testament. I've heard that is actually Jesus. Is that correct? Yeah, the the angel of the Lord, we believe, and I think most scholars would agree, is Jesus. And there's there's one passage, Michael, uh, among many that we can point you to, but Exodus chapter 3 is an interesting passage because if you take a look at it, and you might not have your Bible right in front of you, but... It says the angel of the Lord appeared to, to Moses in a blazing fire from the midst of the bush. That's Exodus 3, verse 2. And then this, this one who's speaking to Moses from the midst of the bush, identified as the angel of the Lord. When the Lord saw that he turned aside, look, and then God called him from the midst of the bush. You see that the angel of the Lord is God. And uh, we believe that the angel of the Lord is a pre-incarnate appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, before Bethlehem, if you will, and uh, he is uh, interacting with several people. I believe that the interactions that you see in the Old Testament where the Lord is identified as the angel of the Lord. For example, Genesis 18, uh, Joshua uh, 5, the book of Judges when he interacts with Samson's parents. Um, this is a great example where I think it's clear that the angel of the Lord is God, Exodus 3, and keep on reading through there. Brian, thoughts? Yeah, the angel of the Lord in the Hebrew scriptures, he's worshipped, um, he, he declares messianic things, um, he can perform miracles, he's much more than an angel, because remember in, in the book of Hebrews and in the book of Revelation, angels are not to be worshipped, yet the angel of the Lord is, is worshipped continuously in the Hebrew scriptures. Then you fast forward to the church scriptures, there's no more mention of the angel of the Lord, he's mentioned maybe an angel of some kind is mentioned in uh, the book of Matthew early on. Uh, but semantically, I know it's it's a little silly, we wouldn't say the angel of the Lord is Jesus because Jesus, the, the name Jesus is God the Son in human flesh. So we, we, we could say more specifically the angel of the Lord is is Christ or the son. God the Son? God the Son. All right, yeah. do we, uh, Michael, did you have a second oh. uh, question to that? In Bethlehem, as you mentioned, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Mary, like thirty-three years later, she could have been like, "Wait a second, Jesus, you look like the angel of the Lord that appeared to me." Well, th that angel is actually identified as Gabriel. 
Uh, so, um, you know, the clear distinction there is, you know, you have you have this one that's identified as the angel of the Lord, who's clearly God uh, in the Old Testament. But that angel that was, for example, making the annunciation and so forth is Gabriel. So I, I think that's clear. All right, Cameron, you said you had we had one more Facebook question. Yes, we do. Before that, Joe Kelly's getting a little love too. It says Joe Kelly is so smart. It's some some woman named Wendy. <laughs> Wendy that's, my yeah. wife. <laughs> that's, that's my wife. Yeah. Hey, uh, I, I hope so. Brenda, funny. if you're listening, can you send a message? <laughs> yeah, <out>? seriously. <laughs> All right, uh, Landon Orr's question is. How are we to defend the Bible in it being canon, even though it's been changed and altered by councils? The man, of course, being not God and therefore, yeah, being changed by councils. Okay, go ahead, Brian. Yeah, that's that's a great question, Landon, and a question that's often asked today. Um, I think if people are really interested in how we got the Bible and... Um, to really answer the question, there's books that have already been written on the subject, how we got the Bible. So you need more than 30 seconds. Yeah, it, it is one of them. <laughs> but um, in, in all reality, they the, the Bible has not been changed uh, through councils. The books of the Bible were not determined by councils. Uh, the books of the Bible were determined very early on, within uh, 30 to 60 years of when they were Brian, written. let me clarify something yeah. just because it made change the way you answer. He says his uncle asked him. It's not his belief. So um, yeah, maybe okay. point him towards some. Um, well, again, you could go to alwaysbeready.com and and uh, see what they have on the Bible itself, yeah. on and, the canon. And one thing, Landon, that we could say, and and I think you've heard this before, is the, the entire New Testament can be reconstructed uh, by the early fathers, what's called the apostolic fathers. I think something like 90, what is it, Joe, 99%? It's 98.9%. There's only like 11 verses yeah. not included. They're all, the, the New Testament is quoted in its entirety and can be reconstructed just from the quotes of the early fathers. And you're talking about, what, the end of the first century into the second century. So uh, that debunks all this hooded guys at night, uh, the Council of Nicaea deciding this one's in, this this one's in, this one's out. That's just bogus. And, and I think you can find a lot of information even on Geisler's book, A General Introduction to the Bible. Bible. Yeah. There's a book on From God to Us by nice Geisler and Nix yeah. that goes into detail. That's got it all right there. Yeah. From God to Us, Geisler and Nix. So if he's interested in doing the homework, the evidences will be clearly laid out. Closing word on that, Joe? Um, you know, the study of uh, higher criticism that came out of the mid to late 19th century, the entire attempt was to sort of deconstruct God's word in this way, and it had the actual, actually the opposite effect. And uh, what we have today, all scholars, Christian and non-Christian, say that what we have in our hands is actually accurately what was originally put down. All right. Hey, uh, just to put everything out there, we usually wear hoods in this room. <laughs> Facebook Friday, we took the hoods off. So You're welcome. Hey, the Bible Lance Show is produced by Shane Lance and Cameron Thomas. Special thanks to Tamara, who screened our calls back in the studio. Uh, hey, thanks for everyone that called in today, everyone that checked out Facebook Live. Uh, thanks to you guys for showing up in this little room, and we'll catch you next week on The Bible Answer Show. Thanks for joining the conversation on The Bible Answer Show. To find out more Michael Lance or the church of Corona, Living Truth Christian Fellowship, visit livingtruthradio.org. Please tell your friends about us and invite them to join us any weekday here on K-Bright. And if they have questions, we'll have answers on the next Bible Answer Show.
The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the participants and not necessarily those of KPRT, its ownership, its management, or its sponsors. Hey, thanks so much for listening and also participating in the Bible Answers show today with Pastor Michael Lance and his team from Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. Be sure to visit their website, livingtruthradio.org. You can learn more about the church, also Pastor Michael's sermons, which is on at 6.30 p.m. right here on K-Bright, Living Truth Radio. Again, the website's livingtruthradio.org. One more thing. If you have been listening for the past seven months that they have been on, remember they're listener supported and they could use your help staying on the air. They want to stay on and even expand in 2017. So help out the Bible Answer Show and Living Truth Christian Fellowship. Click donate on livingtruthradio.org. That's livingtruthradio.org. And stay right here on Cave Right Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee is coming up next. I'm Rob Newton. He created us to win and to live our lives each day with that as our goal. You see, when we're trying not to lose, we're living out of fear. When we're trying to win, we're living out of faith. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for a special New Year's message, Trying Not to Lose, next time on Turning Point. Weekdays at 8 a.m. and 1 p.m. right here on K-Bright. There is remarkable potential to learn, to laugh, to love and to change the world you live in this new year is a special gift thanks for letting us share it with you we are k bright welcome to through the bible i'm steve schwentz your host riding the bible bus right along with you so how long have you been on the bible bus is this maybe your first five-year loop or maybe it's your fifth maybe it's your eighth You know, someone wrote us an email the other day saying that they've been on the Bible bus since the beginning in the late 1960s. Incredible, right? Well, if you've been with us this week, then you know that Through the Bible is celebrating a real milestone in 2017. It's our 50th year on the Bible bus. What keeps us going year to year? Well, our president, Greg Harris, is here to talk about that. (laughs) That's a big question to answer, Steve. Uh, But we began answering it yesterday when we started talking about the who of through the Bible. Who who is part of this great tapestry of ministry that stretches around the world? And and we didn't have enough time to cover the whole list. So I hope we can get to some of the other people and the and groups that we are grateful for. Right now, as you think about the recap from yesterday, it's it's in big numbers. It's it's of course God, yes, Doctor J. Vernon McGee, yes, our North American listeners, and continuing on with that theme, I think about the mm-hmm. radio stations that are a part of the who of this ministry. Mm-hmm. I think if you were to count both uh, U.S. as well as as Canadian stations, almost twelve hundred or maybe more yeah. of those radio stations around this part of the country. 